Hello, everyone out there on WKXL Land. This is Jane Cormier, your host for Artful Living here on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Also, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. If you ever miss any kind of a program, anything that we offer here on WKXL, you can just jump online and catch that program. So uh, everybody out there knows we have to shout out. First thing we do when we have Art for Living is shout out to Good Life Programs and Activities, a 50-plus health and wellness center right here in Concord. And they offer low-cost or free exercise and art classes as well as trips, socials, and educational seminars. Visit goodlifenewhampshire.org or you can call 603-228-6630 or you can visit them at the Smokestack Center at 254 North State Street in Concord. And again, I I can tell you from having done their, I've done uh, classes, I've gone on their trips, great group, really a wonderful group. So that's Good Life right here in New Hampshire. All righty. So uh, today we have a guest that um, is really helping me out because we had an opening today. And, you know, there are times that even though you try to book weeks ahead, when someone drops out, you have that slot and it can be hard on a, on a quick, you know, turnaround to find someone to come in. And a couple of weeks ago, while I was at Hilltop Consignment, you guys might remember we had a program with Sue a few weeks ago. Um, I met this young lady who uh, I, w- I had her card, her business card, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give her a call. I called her yesterday and she made time to come on today. Um, so Alyssa, Alyssa is from Lily, say the word, the name. Lelise. Lelise Designer Resale. Lelise Designer Resale. I didn't want to say it wrong. <laughs> Lelise Designer Resale. And um, thank you, Alyssa, for being here today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's going to be a thrill. <laughs> so you have a beautiful store right right down in Concord. Yeah, we're located at 7 North Main Street. Right. So it's, it's a great location. Yeah. And uh, have you been there long? We have been in this location for three and a half years. Uh, the store is actually 12 years old, though. Previously, we were over on Store Street. 12 years? Mm-hmm. Holy moly. You yeah. look too young to even have a store for 12 years. <laughs> well, thank you. I actually have only owned it for the last seven. So it was founded in 2011, and then I bought it in 2016 from the woman who Good started it. So I've been running it ever since and kind of making it my own. So Beautiful. So tell us. I mean, Artful Living, of course, is a, a show where we try to do more than just what performance, arts, music, and all that stuff. Mm. I like to try to get into neat veins of yeah. where you can have something beautiful in your life. And um, so tell us, how did Lelise come to be for you? So for me, I have always been interested in fashion. And so what LDR is, we call ourselves LDR a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Lelise Designer Resale is a primarily consignment store. We cater to men and women of all types. And we have everything from new clothing to vintage to um, designer items that are offered on consignment that come from other local people. And I have been shopping secondhand my whole life. And it to me is just a really fun way of shopping. Mm. It is the thrill of the hunt. It yes. is exciting to be digging through all of these things and finding the needles in the haystack. Mm-hmm. I did it out of necessity as a child because it was just where my family was at and mm-hmm. I got really good at it and it became kind of a superpower. <laughs> and then I was like known superpower. as this person who like had these cool clothes that nobody else had and I was brave enough to wear them when other people maybe wouldn't. And, right. Um, also just maybe 
stupid enough to endure the the treatment I got because of it, but it it made me very hardy and it made me very focused on that kind of level of almost performance. Like every day that you walk through your life, you're performing to an Mm -hmm. extent. You're talking to other people. And even when you're being your most authentic self, which I hope we all are all of the time, there is still an aspect of communicating that to other people, which then becomes either your speech or your... Or your style. Yeah. And so I think that your packaging, if you will, you know, that's your marketing, that's your billboard, that's your Mm -hmm. way of letting people know who you are, whether or not they ever even speak to you. So if you're walking by someone on the street, you're going to subconsciously, consciously, whether you're even thinking about it or not, digest something about that person that you're seeing. And so to me, the power in dressing yourself is being able to kind of guide that voice and guide that person's internal monologue about you without ever having to meet them. And right. so when people are wearing, you know, I say it in the store all the time when they wear brave outfits, you know, whatever brave to them is, maybe it's just mixing black and brown or wearing, you know, white after Labor Day or something. Yeah. You know, everybody's got their own kind of level of what is brave for them. But I tell people every day that when someone looks at them when they're walking down the street, they don't think, oh, that person is so uncomfortable in that outfit. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> They're not thinking that. They're like, oh, that's the outfit they wanted to wear today. So just yeah. own it and do it. And it's the best part about this level of kind of artful living, right, is that you can just wear something else tomorrow. Right. It's not changing your hair. It's Indeed. not getting a tattoo. It's not getting a it's piercing a quick, or something quick that's change. permanent or semi-permanent. It's just putting on a different shirt the next sure. day. And you can be a whole other person. You know, it's interesting that um, we're talking about your style and and fashion and all of that. I think that for folks that have had the time and the ability to think about that kind of stuff, um, this this information is pretty, you know, neat to, to talk about. But, you know, I think I suspect that there is a, a sector of our population that for whatever reason, this isn't right or wrong or good or bad, um, hasn't really been able to think about themselves as someone who is conveying a style, a quote, a style, or a quote, a message, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're going to work, they're having kids, they're cleaning their house, they're doing 20,000 things. And some of those folks might not have the wherewithal to slow down enough mm-hmm. to think about what you're, yes. what you're talking about. So for the folks out there that might not... Um, see fashion as a statement or as a marketing mm-hmm. thing. Uh, what can we say to them to help them maybe think about this a little bit? Yeah, I think a lot of folks, what we're taught by society, right, is just how to conform. We're taught how to look like everyone else. We're taught really? what's trendy, don't you think? you think? Like, I don't think we're really taught to hone our own personal style. I feel like that sometimes, as far as like the, the mainstream media messaging, it's more about like, be yourself, but also be yourself the same way that everybody else is being themselves. Okay. So that you don't feel too isolated outside of the norm, right? Like, okay. you know, the curve exists and you have to lay outside of the curve, otherwise there wouldn't be a curve. But I think a lot of folks on that level. I deal with this a lot with women who, it's usually women who their children have gone off to college. That is the point where a lot of women are left with themselves yeah, for the very go. first time in their entire lives. I think that's true. And so they are of whatever age that may be, and they have been parenting, and they have been caught up in the cloud and the brain fog of motherhood for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And they have not looked up for that entire time, and they have not looked in a mirror because they have always just been so-and-so's mom, mm-hmm. so-and-so's parent, guardian, whatever sure. that may be. Could be men as well. And so I think when they are then left with themselves, and they're sitting there, and they have 
all day to themselves, right? Like the danger of a full day off, right? You don't have to worry about where your kid is. You don't have to worry about getting them fed. You don't have to be home by a certain time. Uh You have all of the freedom in the world. And I think that's when a lot of women start to really rediscover themselves. And that's when they start to actually say, what do I actually want? Yes. What do I actually want to wear? And I think for a lot of people, they, I don't think anybody has to think about that. You know, I think sometimes what I like to do, I don't like to think about what I'm going to wear on the day. I Mm -hmm. like to think about it when I feel like it. So when I feel like it, I'm thinking about clothes. I'm thinking about getting items that will be ready for me in that moment when I want them. Right. I don't want to have to think about what I'm wearing when I'm on my way to here. Mm -hmm. I want to think about this interview. I want to think about being present with you and actually being in the conversation. So I want to think about what clothes can I have in my arsenal? What can I own that I can just pull from and make it a really easy decision? And Mm -hmm. I think actually, even though I'm very focused on fashion, my mindset is very similar to what I recommend to people who are not, is to just get your closet to a place where you know every item in there fits every item in there is something that you feel good in flattering is a word I don't like to use but like something that you feel good in whether or not other people think you look good should not be in your mind when you're getting dressed in the morning it's about you Mm -hmm. and so what is that and I think some people I try to explain to them that like thinking about that feels like a lot in the short term Mm -hmm. but in the long term it's so much less thinking you don't have to half start and stop that thought process and beat yourself up for not being there every day when you get dressed if you're just already there Right. You're kind of preparing for that. Yeah. It's Absolutely. almost like being so lazy that you're prepared. And yeah. that's what I really, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. my wheelhouse. <laughs> I don't think that that's lazy at all. I think yeah. you're absolutely right. And I think that, um, especially today, with, you know, a two, if you have a family that's living, uh, trying to make do today mm-hmm. with financially what's going on, it could be easy to get stuck in two jobs, you know, yeah. two, fam- two mom and dad or two parental units, yeah. and they're not able to, like you said, pick their head up and and think about what you're what you're bringing up. So yeah. I think it's an it can be an important journey and it can be a journey that doesn't have to be overwhelming or unpleasant. Yeah. I think it really helps with mental health too. I think a lot of folks right now are struggling to find their voices. Yeah. We are living in this really huge kind of digital age of social media where everybody is speaking about what they think and everyone is a pundit, right? Like every right. single person on the planet has an opinion and they're going to tell you. Yeah. And I think it's easy to get lost in that sea of other people's thoughts and other people's opinions. We live in, especially folks my age in their you know mid or late 30s, in an influencer culture, you're hearing a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff about what other people are doing, which is going to muddy that voice, right? It's going to just really dirty those waters for you. And so if you can just focus on keeping your well clean and like doing what you want to do, I think that's really just the key. And I think style has a lot to do with that. I think you're right, Alyssa. You know what? I hear our music here. Um, These segments go by so quickly. It's a great conversation. Uh, We're going to come right back after the break. WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, New Hampshire. Talk radio.com. Art for Living will return in a sec. Welcome back to Art for Living. Jane Cormier here, your host on WKXL New Hampshire Talk Radio.com. And uh, we have actually a really wonderful guest today talking to us uh, about something that I don't think Art for Living has ever brought up in any of our segments, which is really interesting and kind of exciting. I'm glad to have this time to talk with Alyssa. Um, Alyssa, what's your last name? Alfieri. 
Alfiori. Yeah. You know what? I should have asked that at the beginning. But uh, <laughs> Alyssa is the owner of Lily's Designer right here in Concord. And uh, in our first segment, if you're just joining us, we were talking about um, sort of like how people um, view or could view, uh, you know, finding their own lifestyle. You would call it like almost marketing, mm. right? And we had had a discussion about folks maybe new to the table about that. Uh, for those that might not be out there looking for the treasures, right? And I know that there are a lot of people out there that haven't, this can almost be a lifestyle. I know that I came to it late. Yeah. I, when I was, you know, younger, I wasn't really interested in the kind of things that I'm interested in now, which Mm. is like you said, searching for the treasure. Yeah. It's, it's almost a lifestyle now. Yeah. You know, it's like a game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it can be a lot of fun. And I think that rather than be overwhelmed with thinking about, oh, you know, what's my style kind of thing, um, you can sort of get to that point mm-hmm. by just experiencing out going out there and trying yeah. this. So so let's pretend, let's do a let's pretend. Let's say that uh, someone comes into your store mm. and they're one of these gals or, or men that has never really signed on to um, – you know, what I want to say, the nucleus or the core of what um, your kind of business would offer. Yeah. But they're interested in sticking their toe in the water. So yeah. you did say in the last time starting is making sure that the 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 closet would be filled with things that you like, yep. things that you're comfortable in and that fit you and that you're happy with. Yeah. So that's the precursor. So now let's say, what are you going to say to that folk that come in, that person that comes in and and wants to know how to proceed? Yeah, I would probably start with asking them like what they've ever thought about fashion. You know, is there a person that you've always thought was super fashionable? Is there a decade or an era of fashion or just like a certain style? You know, the uh, Gen Z has this uh, habit of calling everything something core. So there's like grandma core and norm core, like dressing really normal. (laughs) So there's all these things that we used to call like, you know, aesthetic or just a style. You know, are you a preppy person or are you a punk or are you this? or that. Right. Um, and now they've kind of added this word core to it. And, okay. um, and so it's like some of the younger people that I meet are, are expressing that they're interested in kind of pursuing this one arena of style. Right. You know, I want to dress more like this cottage core aesthetic that I saw or something. Um, but other folks just don't know where to start with that. And I think that's really it is like finding the inspiration. Because if you don't know what you like, mm-hmm. then you you don't know what you don't know. And so you can't find what you like if you don't even know what you're looking Indeed. for in the first Indeed. place. And so for me, secondhand shopping is actually a really great way to do that. Because if you're going to a firsthand store, if you will, or some big box retailer, they are putting out everything that they think has a chance of selling that they have designed that's kind of future thinking. None of it is sold yet, necessarily. They're throwing right. spaghetti at the wall to see what indeed, sticks. Indeed. We are the people who are like, it's sticking to that's you. Know? Right. Does the clothes stick to you? Then that's a successful silhouette and we'll use it again next year. So they're really experimenting on us as consumers. And so if you are shopping in a secondhand store, especially a consignment store versus maybe a thrift store, consignment is curated. It's actually called over. And so the person who is running that store is picking and choosing what they're going to put out on the sales okay, floor. Okay, I did so not know about this. everything that comes into the door at my store does not go out onto the floor. So I will look through, they can bring 25 pieces. I will find the best of those 25 pieces and then put that out onto the floor. And so when that happens, it 
kind of makes it so that that store is all needles and no haystack. So if you want to dip your toe into secondhand shopping or if you want to dip your toe into finding your true style, why not do it at a place that has every store in the mall, every era, every style, every decade, every Mm -hmm. everything, right? And so a store like LDR has clothes from the 50s. It has clothes from six months ago. It has Chanel. It has, you know, Gap. It has Forever 21. You know, we often will accept these fast fashion brands because maybe it's just that one piece that they accidentally got right. You know, yeah. <laughs> a broken clock is right twice a day, they say. Indeed. Right. And so, Indeed. you know, sometimes even like the crummiest brands will just accidentally use a really good fabric or, yeah. you know, the silhouette or the pattern of it is just really great. And yeah. I can just sell it for a song and some really young person or somebody who really needs something for a good deal can get that. And Absolutely. I think it's great. But to get back to the point of like how to dip your toe. And I think really secondhand shopping is a great way to do that because you can be adventurous and you can try a bunch of stuff on. You don't have to order it online. Wait for it to come in. Mm-hmm. Figure out if it fits. Figure out if you like it. Text all your friends, see if it works. Which is, I have to tell go. you, something about that has always bothered me. I know I'm, I'm on the older end of the spectrum. Um, I know a lot of people that purchase their stuff online, mm-hmm. right? And I would say that a good 50% of the time, they, they send it back. Oh, yeah. What the heck is that? That seems so illogical to me. I think, again, <laughs> we have just been sold on the idea of convenience, but it's actually less convenient. It is. What is more convenient than going to a store, finding something you like, and taking it home that same day? I know. Nothing. And right? trying like, nothing. it on, You right? just have and to actually sure. go out in person. Absolutely. We kind of became a not-in-person, a virtual society for a few years there, and I think over the course of that, folks were really forced with having to online shop for me that was like the first time I ever really did it I like to feel everything I'm a tactile shopper I want to feel the fabrics if I can't see exactly how the fabric is going to be in the picture right I'm not sure if I want it because I don't know about the drape I don't know about how it's going to hang and all of that and so for me I get really picky about that kind of stuff and so online shopping is really difficult it is I find it very difficult I have like you know the brightness turned all the way up I'm zooming in on things looking at the lightest shade it's available in to try and get a feel for like the texture of the fabric in the photo and then it turns that it's just yeah. photoshopped on and it's not even the real picture and I'm like oh gosh and so I think that when you shop in person you also get the benefit of a, a human right yeah. like there's a person in that store that you can talk to mm-hmm. and when you shop at a consignment store versus some like you know chain store like a Salvation Army or a Goodwill um, that has you know employees that every store will have a great employee you can't help it statistically speaking there's got to be one good and one bad right yeah and so you might get great customer service at that Goodwill but when you go to say a consignment store like mine you're going to have somebody who's specifically interested in all arenas of fashion firsthand secondhand mm-hmm. designer stuff everything in between vintage things and the the help and the the care that they can provide and the service that they can provide for that customer is just so superior and I, I joke a lot about being a human version of the like if you like this then you should try this mm-hmm. that you know shows up at the bottom of a web page yes. and you click on a shirt and it says well if you like this shirt based on Look that you this. might like this yeah. that's that's customer service we used to do that in stores there were people that did that and said, yeah. hey, yeah. you know, Jane, I saw that you liked this blue shirt. We have these brown pants that go perfectly with them. Would you like to try them on? Right. We, I think we don't remember that. There is a, a yeah. generation of shopper who is, you know, 20 years old or younger who did not do that ever mm-hmm. by the time they were old enough to go shopping of their own agency, which was only 10 years ago. Right. They 
everyone was shopping online. And so they were just asking for mom's credit card to buy things online. Yeah, crazy, and and huh? so there are um, very young people in my store who are, you know, visibly uncomfortable, like almost not uncomfortable, but like nervous. Like they almost don't know what to do. Yeah. It, it, it's like a social etiquette that needs Indeed. to be retrained of how to shop in person. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I can't suggest that enough of that being a really, really key first step. And a lot of people finding their personal style is just having somebody to bounce those ideas off of yeah. that's meant for that. And that's not just, awesome. you know, your friend who maybe is like a really good friend to you and loves you very much, but maybe just isn't as interested in that as you are. And right, might, that's might why you're friends, you know? <laughs> Right. If, if you it, both are friends because you don't share a, an interest in this thing, then yeah. maybe they're not the expert to, yeah. to rely on. So. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So um, for folks that go to your website, which is uh, Lelise or Sale? LiliceResale.com. Resale. Mm -hmm. oh, I can read. LiliceResale.com. And uh, on that site, you can find all kinds of information, your story, di directions, links. Um, now, you also have a consigner page. Mm -hmm. So for, for folks out there that might be new to that, what is what does that mean? So consignment versus a thrift store is, like I was saying before, it's about it being curated. Right. And so what happens that way is we actually are sort of a profit sharing business model. And so when a consigner brings in an item to me, I do not pay them outright for that item in the first place. What I do is I pay after it sells and if it sells. So it's a mutually beneficial business model because for me, I don't have to buy my inventory outright. I can just mm. hold it on the hopes that it will sell Good. and then after pay people out. And so that allows me to be able to bring in more product and be a little bit more experimental with the inventory mm -hmm. that I'm bringing in and take risks and have kind of really funky items for sale um, without having to worry about maybe paying for something that won't sell like a lot of other right. stores have to. And that's what ends up getting a lot of stores into a more conservative and a little bit more run of the mill, ordinary kind mm. of clothing offering is that they're looking to get that spaghetti to stick to the wall. They're yeah. not worried about that one girl who wants that really cool thing and wants mm. to be the coolest, like most funky dresser at their school. They're worried about the people that all want to look the same and because right. that's where the numbers are and that's where the money is um, and so in consignment we pay out 40% of the sale price to every person that brings it in so if you bought a $10 item from me $4 is going to somebody in your neighborhood which they're then going to spend that locally mm -hmm. and that sticks around and so it's a really powerful buying model and it's really really beneficial to the local economy which I, I, like I never it. thought of it when you said uh, profit sharing mm -hmm. you know very true yeah it yeah. makes a, it's a community based kind it's of community model, based which I profit like. Absolutely. All righty. Uh, we are with Alyssa from the Least Designer Resale, and we're going to take a little break here on WKXL, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Art for Living, Jane Cormier, your host, and we'll come right back after this sponsor. Welcome back out there in Radio Land, WKXL, New Hampshire Talk Radio.com, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. You're speaking with Jane Cormier and her wonderful guest today, Alyssa, from Lily's Designer Resale, right here in Concord. 
And uh, we want everybody to know that 7 North Main Street is the location for this shop. And it's definitely a place that you want to go in and peruse and talk and experience because that's part of the whole thing, right? Yes. We want people to linger. We want people to wander and to take their time. You know, it's we only have one of everything that's on consignment. And so if you don't look at pretty much everything, then you won't see a lot of things. Right. You know, it's right. not like you can just look and see a block of black items, a block of green, a block of blue and say, I want this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also allows people to experiment with different brands and, and the access that they can get to these different items. It allows for a really cool democratization of fashion and and of that industry, which can be so elitist and, mm-hmm. and so classist. And there is this level of kind of snootiness that's built into the fashion industry, right? Like if I'm being really honest about this thing yeah. that I love, it can be very, very exclusive to people and mm-hmm. it can really make people feel othered and and like they're not part of it. And so for me, the, the other part of being able to do this kind of community-based business model where it's basically just like, I am the big sister's closet, right? Like mm-hmm. you can come here, you can shop, you can find stuff that you wouldn't have even thought to think about that you yeah. didn't even know existed um, and access it, but also have like a really fun environment to do all of that in. And I think when you kind of change that business model from something that if you were buying Chanel in the firsthand stores, they build in that kind of fussiness, Mm -hmm. they build in that snobbery, and they build in that sense of like, being better and elite. And I don't like that personally. It's not me. And so I really love the idea that people can come into my store. And I think some of my customer base that buys the most high-end stuff from me is comprised of people who wouldn't actually feel comfortable, maybe do have all of the financial means in the world to Mm -hmm. shop in some of these stores and maybe just morally or emotionally or just kind of subconsciously are avoiding the experience because they feel like it will make them feel bad. And I don't think that any level of money can really counteract that feeling. And so if you are finding that there is a place where you can go and you never feel like the weird one, you never feel like the one that has like that thing that everybody's going to say, oh, that's what you're wearing. Like, I'll always be dressed weirder than you when you come into LDR. I promise you that. Like, you can rest assured that whatever I'm wearing is going to be just a degree sillier than what you're wearing. Because that's just who I am as a person. Right. But I think that for people to know that there's a place like that that they can rely on actually has made us a great ally to the community at Mm -hmm. large for thousands of reasons. But it is just trying to get people to connect over their sense of community and small business you know loving and and being local Mm -hmm. but also just binding that through like wouldn't it just be fun if and how many times have you heard this like I wish I could dress like that but we're in New Hampshire or oh everybody doesn't wear stuff like that here I wish everybody dressed like they did in New York and I'm like what's stopping you yeah why can't you if you don't then maybe you were going to be the one that was going to inspire the other person yeah, and then the other person would get inspired on. by them, right? Like, you know, <laughs> if somebody doesn't start it, it will never happen. If the first raindrop doesn't fall, it can't flood. Yes. And so I think that we all have to kind of, if that's what we want, then we have to do our part. And, right, and not be afraid of it. Part of doing your part is just wearing whatever the heck you want. If you want everybody to do that, then you have to do it too. And sometimes you have to do it first and endure those conversations mm-hmm. that there people will have with you that are, are based on that. And usually it's just fascination based anyway. It's not like somebody's trying to be mean or whatever, but right. sometimes they are. And some people don't have the privilege that I do as like a cis white woman to actually 
express themselves truly to like the fullest of what that means because maybe they're not safe in their living environment if they do that maybe their guardians or the people that they live with wouldn't you mm. know, make that okay for them maybe they have to wait until they're older in order to express you know whatever it may be their gender their style to get a bunch of tattoos or piercings whatever it is uh, or maybe it's just the people that you know their friends that they've hung around with have made them feel like they need to be like them versus like themselves mm-hmm. and so I think when you can kind of remove all of those elements from the environment that are going to bleed into that inner voice that muddy that water like I said before then it just is so beautiful and I think that LDR is a really great place for that where everybody can go and everybody feels great it's like I make a lot of jokes about Filene's basement, remember? (laughs) Yeah. Remember the giant dressing rooms? Those like stadium style dressing rooms and you were all in one big room and you all tried stuff on all in front of each other and you were all throwing clothes across the room and saying, try this on, try that on. That is what LDR is like. That's what I tell people. That is what it's like to shop at LDR because when you come to my store, someone inevitably that you don't know will say, that looks great on you. I saw this other dress over here. You should try that on because the last time they were there, someone did that to them. So it's just a place where it is like kind of – I always steal Olive Garden's line when you're here, your family. You know, it's like it's true though, and I think in making fashion inclusive and in providing something where everybody feels like they can come, Mm -hmm. no matter who they are, no matter what they want, it not only is giving me more and more customers every day, right, and it's making me happy, but it. It makes me happy to know that those folks are going to go out and like the next day they might wear something that's just like a little bit braver. And then who knows, like maybe that will influence another mm-hmm. person. And so I'm hoping that my little drops in the bucket will, you know, add up to something really Very big. Good. So You know, can you tell us what do you look for when you accept consignment? So what is the thing that people should be yeah. knowing about that? Function and cleanliness is really the the biggest, the first thing that I'm looking for. You know, it has to be able to be hung on a hanger right away and stuck out next to everything else that looks really new. Um, and so is it just loved a little too hard? Has mm-hmm. it just been laundered too many times and maybe the color is fading? Does it have animal hair on it or an odor or something like that? Those types of things are primarily what I'm looking at um, as far as the first step. But after that, I'm very much focused on like a almost like what I've honed into a gut instinct now, but it is a combination of that kind of fashion timeline. Is it either so new that it's still new or is it so old that it's new again? Yes. Or is it not quite old enough to be new again? Is it in the dead zone, right? 20 years is a legal classification for vintage. So if oh, it's 20 it? years old, which means 2003 now, which oh is kind of terrifying. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people are like, So oh. it's like a 20 year, I never knew that. So that would be when you can legally, and I think it's like 50 years is an antique or something like that. It might be a little longer for antiques. Wow. And so um, that classification there, it kind of anecdotally makes sense though as well, because most Most of the drivers in what is trendy are people who were aged 18 to 25. And so if it's something that no one has worn for 20 years, it's going to seem really new and novel to somebody who's 19 years old because they haven't seen it their whole life. They're looking back at pictures of their grandparents wearing it or their parents wearing it. And it has this novelty of this newness, like the way that mom jeans came back. And we started calling them mom jeans. Why do you think that is? Because we saw pictures of our moms in them. Mm -hmm. And we all said, oh, you're wearing mom jeans because those were the jeans that our moms wore. And so we don't call them like Levi's 501s anymore. They are just called mom jeans. (laughs) Like baseball hats are now called dad hats. And it's it's because kids were looking at pictures and then naming things what they saw. It was a hat like my dad. So it's a dad hat. Wow. It was pants like my mom. So they're mom jeans. And so I think that that 
is one of the things that I'm looking at where if I say, oh, okay, I'm seeing that this trend from the 2000s is coming back. I have to do my work of being a sort of trend forecaster and saying, all right, if this is coming back, then that means X, Y, and Z will follow along. Because if this style of pant comes back, the style of shirts we're wearing right now won't work with that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like if low-rise pants come back, we're going to have to change all the underwear again Mm. because it has to fit with the waistline of the pants. And so we have all of these high-waisted underwear. And so nothing is matching up anymore because we've really like kind of gone crazy as far as the pant silhouettes this season and the last seasons before that. And so it is me kind of doing this consignment math of is the condition, the style, and the brand all going to combine to something that I feel like is a sellable item? Mm -hmm. Or is it going to combine to something that I feel like is a sellable item at like a very discounted price? Or is it something where it's like, dang, this is really good. (laughs) It still has the tags on it. It's brand new. It's never been worn. Maybe it's not brand new, but it's never been worn. Yeah. And, but it's just not a style anyone's going to buy and I have to give it back to them. And it's like, Ah, and you know I can't save them all. <laughs> That's right, you can't save them all. It's not the ASPCA. I don't have to save them all. You know? right. <laughs> Nothing's like really counting on that. But uh, we have plenty of places that things go after um, us, even to keep them out of landfills and stuff. Yeah. And so it's it's nice. But for me, it's like it's like this unexplainable kind of it factor that I'm looking for okay. in each item. So it's kind of like a coy response to a very direct question. But there isn't a super direct answer to that. It's a bunch yeah. of things. Well, I mean. You're certainly not looking overly used and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of is logical, right? Yeah, when it's hanging next to something else, you know, and it, like, to your point earlier, if somebody is it's their first time secondhand yeah. shopping, they want to look at stuff that looks really Indeed. good. And I want people to be able to feel comfortable. One of my guideposts is, would they feel comfortable wearing it out of the store mm-hmm. that day? Cool. And that would be good for me. Yeah. That's kind of a good way to think about it. All right. This is um, Art for Living. Jane Cormier, your host here on WKXL, New Hampshire, talkradio.com, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. We're having a discussion with Lelise and uh, Lelise Designer Resale and Alyssa. Uh, hang tight because we'll be right back after the break and we'll finish up our segment. back to Art for Living here on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester, New Hampshire, talkradio.com. Art for Living here, your host, Jane Cormier. And our guest today is Alyssa from Lelise Designer Resale right here in Concord. And if you're just joining us, uh, we were talking about the world of consignment um, shopping and and buying as well. The last segment, we were talking a little bit about what you look for. Um, so if someone was cleaning out their closet, right, mm-hmm. and they had questions about whether or not this would fit, how should they proceed? I would check out my website first, okay. um, com on our consigner tab. If you click on that, it has a full rundown of all of our policies and procedures. Awesome. It also tells you what season we're looking for and kind of what items we would be looking for for that season. So right now we're accepting fall stuff um, in about a week or so. We'll switch over into winter. Um, and so it'll say, you know, sweaters, coats, that sort of thing. Mm. Whereas right now it's saying lightweight jackets. 
its blazers. And so we kind of walk people through as far as what season we're looking for. Um, And then because we do our, we're lucky enough to have a a really strong number of consigners. And so our policies are very strict, but that's why they're all spelled out on the website there. Um, And so you can select your best 25 items basically per season. So um, the way that we have everything plotted out consignment, generally there'll be a time period that your contract will run. Most stores typically will run like a 60-day consignment period um, with either a pickup window following that or Mm -hmm. whatever they decide. So we run on a 60 to 90-day contract. So the items would be in my store for 60 days. Anything that sold, they would get 40% of. Anything that doesn't sell, they have the option to pick up before the 90th day. So Mm -hmm. they have an additional 30 days after the 60 days to leave it in the store to sell as much as possible or to get kind of themselves together to get into the store and pick it up so that way they don't have to do it in like just one week. It's not enough time for most people. And so then if it doesn't sell and they don't want it back, we actually donate. And so we donate any of our unsold clothing to the Turning Points Network. Mm -hmm. They're a nonprofit that benefits um, domestic violence and stalking survivors in Sullivan County primarily and a little bit in our county. And so they operate a thrift store in Claremont called Changes. And so it's like a thrift boutique. And so what we do is we provide all of our unsold and donated clothing to them and they come and pick it up. And so that way... We, I've never, like in the seven years I've owned this business, I've not had to discard anything that wasn't just right. actually trash, you know, as far as, excuse me, the condition was concerned. And so it's nice to know that I'm keeping so, like, I mean, I couldn't even tell you how many thousands of pieces of clothing I touch mm-hmm. a year. It's got to be over 100,000. And yeah. so it's got to be well over that. And so if I'm taking that many articles of clothing and putting four more steps in between that consigner in the landfill for mm-hmm. that item, I think that's a really powerful and Good. impactful Making thing. Making the best of that, absolutely. Yeah. So if you do go online, you'll see a very specific site, How to Consign. Um, it specifically gives you all the terms before even filling out the form to consign. Um, and you got to plan ahead because you can wait a little bit to hear back. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So planning ahead again seasonally, I think, is important. Yes. Yeah, definitely check out the website to see what season we're in because we have a six-week processing time. So right. if you dropped off today, I wouldn't even open your bag of items until six weeks from now at least. So mm-hmm. um, we often will have people kind of show up on day of and say, hey, I've got a bunch of stuff for you. It's summer. And I'm like, Ooh, way too late for summer. Stuff. Yes. So uh, just keep that in mind and sign up on that website beforehand. And then all you have to do really after you've read everything over and made sure it all jives with you is fill out the form, drop off your items, and then you just wait to hear from us and we email you once easy. we've processed it. So right. it is very, and so very it's easy. So it's just a plan, plan yep. ahead kind of thing. Exactly. That's great. So um, what do you like the best about your store? The community, really. I could talk about that for days. I could keep you here. I just, the way that my store is able to connect people. Okay to each other, but also to the community at large. I serve on a lot of boards in town as well. And so for me, part of my board service is communicating these organizations that I'm part of and that Mm -hmm. I'm helping with and that I'm volunteering for um, and kind of amplifying their voice as well. And I also really love to share from my fellow business owners and say, hey, you know, um, there's this really great, great, great company called Fat and Habitat. And it's owned by this woman, Lindsay, and they specialize in plus-sized vintage only cool and I think that's just such a great business model it's such a niche thing to do yeah I love it I think there's so much room for more vintage more resale Mm -hmm. more secondhand everywhere I'd never see it as competition but they're having a pop-up at Penumbra down the street and I think that's just such a cool thing it's a back to school so they're going to actually have they are like a mobile shop if you will so they do pop-ups at markets and fairs so they don't have a storefront and so they will go to market days or to like an arts fair or something like that and they will sell all of their items there 
And so for me, one of the things that I get to do is like tell my customers like, hey, guess what? You can come downtown on Saturday and you can see me. You can come to my store and shop all of my great stuff. But then you can also go to Penumbra and you can see what Fat and Habitat has to offer. And then you can go to all the other great stores. And I think that that is so important and so special because we've really lost our sense of community, especially through the last you know few years of COVID. And Mm -hmm. this person to person thing is just so missing from our lives. And I think that, again, is like a mental health thing that would really help a lot of people if they just felt like they had some folks and it doesn't have to be your family it doesn't have to be your best friends sure. if you just had a couple friendly faces when you were walking down the street and a couple folks said hi as yeah. they walked by wouldn't that be nice how you unique know? <laughs> and, yeah it would be unique in these days uh, but Concord our downtown especially that main street there is just so special and it magic is. and everybody gets along so well and everybody is really collaborative and we all work together and we have these little pop-ups and yes, stuff and great that kind of a thing of like working on a Saturday and maybe driving into work and like seeing all the people with like all the stuff strapped to their cars going yep. up to the lake on the Saturday morning and I'm driving into work and I'm like, oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> I'm a sucker. I'm going to work on a Saturday and everybody else is having a fun time. And then I get to work and I'm like, oh, hi, Denise. Hi, Carrie. Hi, yeah. Adrian. Hi, you. And I'm just like realizing that time. I know all of these people by name, <laughs> you know, that I've right. seen these people so many times that it's just my friends and my people visiting me. And I think that that sense of like family and unity and community through just the shared love of fashion, it's nice because it kind of keeps it a little surface, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're not bonding over politics. We're not bonding over some mutual chronic illness we have or something. We're bonding over something that's so surface and fun and playful if you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And I think people take it too seriously. And so I think it's fun to make it fun and to to just choose happiness and to just choose joy in our days. And I think when you walk into my store, that's like part of making that choice is people sometimes just come in for the mood boost. One of my customers, she always says, coming in here is like taking a vitamin and I just like could not be more flattered by that very nice it's nice that's very nice Alyssa where are you from I am actually I was born in Concord I'm a boomerang so I was born in Concord lived in Virginia for a few years when I was a kid and then moved back to New Hampshire in fifth grade so Okay, yeah. so so you moved back. Yeah, yeah. So I moved back and um, was living in Londonderry and then lived in Concord for a little while. And actually, I just bought a house in Manchester. So oh. we are closing on that very soon. So. Very good. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Good luck with that. <laughs> did you go to Concord High? I did not actually. I went to Londonderry High School. Londonderry High. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, very class good. of 2003. So I'm vintage yeah. now, too. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, like my kind of high schooler employees and stuff. I'm like, geez. Yeah. Vast divide between the two of us now. Yeah. Now I am that crazy old lady with the vintage shop no. I always wanted to be, and I'm like, I kind of like it. <laughs> I'm leaning into it. <laughs> Gee, well, you know what? It certainly shows that you really love what you do, and that's I do. that's the key to happiness. I no do. matter what anyone tells us, you know, how much money you make or um, anything, if you do not like or love what it is that you're doing, yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna last. Money follows the energy anyway. If you're putting the energy Usually. into something that yeah. you love and it's something that feels good to you, then it will just work out. It just has to. So right now, your store, um, Lily's Designer Resale, is in the fall. Are you doing yep, fall Yep, we're doing now? fall right now. You've got probably another week or so left before I switch that over into early winter. We kind of oh, do okay. like a transitional thing. So I wouldn't necessarily be taking like parkas or anything that's like, you know, downfilled or anything quite yet in the early winter stages. But those sort of in-between coats, suedes and leathers sure. and stuff like that certainly fine to bring in. So Very nice. I'll have to come back cruising in. Cruising into that. I so back to school in. shopping is the good thing to is do it? right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Especially if you're a mom and you've got young kids who are growing out of stuff that are in the teens, mm-hmm. you know, side. We don't have children's clothing, but there is a place 
place across the street from me called Dandelion that is children's consignment. Uh-huh. That's right. They're new. Um, and so it is, it's just such a good idea to do secondhand. It's hand-me-downs, right? You know, you don't pay yeah. for that or you don't pay for a hand-me-down. You pay for a secondhand item of clothing, but you're just paying so much less. And, and yes. sometimes your children can get better items for that and stuff that they feel better about going to school in if you're budgeted and stuff like that. You maybe would have to you know, quantity over quality, right? And you can Indeed. kind of do both when you do secondhand shopping. Yeah. You can get really high quality items, but you can also afford a second item too. Correct. <laughs> so it's really nice That's if you're getting something true. designer. You can actually buy a Kate Spade bag and something else and not like buy a Kate Spade bag and eat ramen for yeah. three weeks because That's you right. spent your paycheck <laughs> in, uh, on the bag. Yes. Yeah, no, you can cruise out with a shirt to wear with it that yeah. matches and still be less than you would have paid for the bag new. So it's, Absolutely. it's cool to be able to help people that way. That's very good. Well, we certainly did learn a lot about um, consignment. I did not really think about the difference that the consignment is curated. Yeah. You know, it never It's really good for people me. who don't like to dig. I mean, yeah. you really know that everything in that store is as good as possible for a secondhand item. Right. I check all the zippers, I button all the buttons, and if something is sort of being sold as is, you'll see that written on the tag and you'll yes. see it reflected in the price as well. Very for nice. me, I love the as is stuff because I'm like, oh, there's a little hole in this cashmere sweater and it's only $20? Yeah. That sounds perfect. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, no kidding. All yeah. right. Well, this has been a fun chat. Thank you. I've actually learned a lot today. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming in, Alyssa. It was a pleasure to meet you. And uh, this is Lelise Designer Resale. You want to give them a a peek, if you haven't, at 7 North Main Street right here in Concord. So um, we want to thank you for joining us here on Artful Living this week. Again, shout out to Good Life. Uh, for being our sponsor here on our show at WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 in Manchester. And don't forget to join us at NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. All of our programs are available to you there. So we're going to sign off here for Artful Living, and uh, we hope you have a great week, and we will catch you soon at our next segment. Have a great day. <laughs>